Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for May 17th, 2018. Nine-game slate, uh, definitely one offense we would like to stack. And then I think pitchers are just going to end up spreading it around quite a bit. We've got Cole Hamels, 10800 the most expensive pitcher on the slate. That seems like a really ridiculous price for me. He's not been particularly great this year, although he has been better than he was last year. Then we have Tyler Skaggs at 10400 so Skaggs, I think that's a little expensive for him, but I think that he is a usable play. Do you agree with that, Matt? Yeah, I think the price for Skaggs is fair. I think the price for Hamels is too high. Um, so Skaggs has definitely been better than Hamels this year. I think he's a better pitcher. He has about a similar matchup. Um, I think there's more downside for a lefty against the White Sox, although they do strike out a lot. Um, and I guess the same could be said for the Rays, but Skaggs is at home. Hamels is on the road. And Skaggs just has better numbers than Hamels. Um, so for a little less money, I think he's a much better play. Although I don't I don't think he's the greatest play. Um, but I do think having some of him makes sense. Yeah, so I mean, looking at Skaggs, I, I do think that the upside is a little bit capped at 10,400. He did score 26 fantasy points in his first start of the year. But he's been under 23 in every start since. Uh, he's been under 20 more starts than he's been over 20. So it is a little high for him. It's just there's really cheap offense to like, and it just makes sense to spend the salary on him if it's left over. So 10400 for Skaggs, I think that he is the best guy to pay up for, but really just because there aren't great guys to go up to. Uh, going down, we have Chad Poole, David Price, Luke Weaver in the next price tier. Uh, of these guys, I still think Weaver is the best pitcher. He's been a bit of a well, a lot of a disappointment this year. Uh, I I know that you were expecting some regression from him. I wasn't as much as you, and you've been more right on that than I was. Uh, so Luke Weaver at eight thousand, I do think I'm on him in this spot. Uh, I prefer him to Cool or David Price, who are priced just above him. Do you like Luke Weaver at eight thousand? Yeah, I think the pricing value is kind of slight, though. Like, I think Weaver should be in the mid-8,000s. I think it's just a little bit cheap for him. Um, I definitely prefer him to David Price and Chad Cool, though, because I think he's just better than them, uh, especially Chad Cool, who's just not a good pitcher. And the only reason he's priced this high is because of his matchup. Um, even against the Padres, though, I, I think 8,200 is way too much for Chad Cool, just the quality of pitcher that he is. And David Price has been pretty bad this year. He's down to an 8.8% swinging strike rate. And the Orioles lineup is now healthier, even though I don't think they're a very good offense. Um, they do have a lot of their players back, Jonathan Scope and Mark Trumbo, most notably. Um, Trey Mancini has been really good against lefties this year compared to last year where he was a reverse splits hitter. Um, so, uh, like, Price would have to be pretty solid. I think he'd have to be a well above average starting pitcher to be worth using because it's just a little expensive. And I think that Price is just kind of mediocre right now. Um, he has been a little better in his last two starts, so I don't know. Price could be like a decent boom-bust pick, but I actually probably prefer the other side of the game. So, yeah, I think Weaver's a better play than Price or Cool, but it maybe is kind of close between David Price and Luke Weaver. Um, overall, though, I don't have a ton of interest in anyone in this tier, uh, but Luke Weaver is definitely the one I would want the most of out of these guys. All right, so moving down the list, I think that there are three interesting guys to talk about who are in play. At We have Vince Velasquez, 7,300, Jeff Samarge at 7,000, who I don't think either of us are excited to play at all. It's just it's hard to avoid him at home 
at a price this cheap against the Rockies, who's just been so terrible against right-handed pitching this year. Like, we saw Jordan Lyles almost pitch a perfect game against the Rockies in San Diego. And I guess Lyles' numbers have looked decent this year. But but the point is that as bad as Saparja might be and as bad as results have we got, as we've gotten from him at times when we've used him, they're just... Terrible pitchers have had good games against the Rockies in worse hitting environments this year. There, there are pitchers who have had good games against the Rockies, like Baria in Colorado. So, like, I, I just don't know how bad does a pitcher have to be to fail against this Rockies team. Uh, it could be Samarja who's let down in spots before, but I think that he's worth using at seven thousand. I, I do think Velasquez is the best play at seventy three hundred in this price range. Mostly because he's striking out over ten guys per nine innings. The Cardinals' offense has not been great this year. Uh, Matt Carpenter's having a bad year. Ozuna's taken a big step back. So I think that Velasquez makes the most sense here. And then Archer at sixty nine hundred. I know I usually don't like him on the road, but he's just priced so far down for this spot that I think that he's usable. Uh, Velasquez is my preferred play of these options. So how do you feel about these three? Um, so I'm going to throw one more name into the mix because I think they're the most interesting four pitchers are all in this price range. So we have Velasquez, Samarja, Chris Archer, and then Marco Gonzalez has just such an easy matchup against the Tigers at home, and he's actually cheaper than all of them. Um, so of, of these four guys, Velasquez and Archer are definitely the two best pitchers. Um, Samarja definitely has the easiest matchup. And then Gonzalez is probably a little bit better than Samarja, but a little bit worse of a matchup, but he's just kind of cheap. Um, in interest in using them, it's really hard to say at this point. Like, I think we kind of have to wait on lineups. Um, I, it's just so hard to tell because there's so much uncertainty with so many of these guys. Like Samarja has been a bottom five starting pitcher in baseball this year. He's been as bad as guys like Chris Tillman and Homer Bailey. Uh, so like, I guess he could do well against the Rockies, but I'm also not at all confident that he's even close to a decent starting pitcher right now. Uh, but I would still roster him because he's cheap and it's the easiest matchup possible. The Rockies offense is terrible against righties and it's a really strong pitcher's park in San Francisco. Um, but I probably prefer Velasquez to any of them because I think he probably is the best pitcher of these players. Um, and if Velasquez and Archer are similar quality pitchers, then Velasquez does have an easier matchup facing the Cardinals than Archer does against the Angels. Um, so if I had to guess right now, I think my order here is Velasquez, then Samarja, then Archer, and then Gonzalez. But it's so hard to feel confident in any of them, really, uh, for a variety of reasons. Some of it matchup-based, some of it skill set-based. Um, and I think we have a pretty narrow focus on offense. So you had said this before we started, mixing around the pitchers around one or two offenses seems like the way to go. And I, I think I still definitely agree with that. Um, so do you think using maybe even six different starting pitchers is too many to have? No, not necessarily, because I'm personally only stacking one offense. That is going to be the Texas Rangers going up against James Shields tomorrow. Uh, I don't think that that will really surprise anybody that I'm going up against Shields. Uh, there is kind of this perception that Shields has been good this year, which is not the case. He's probably been marginally better than he was last year. I'm bringing up his numbers. But it's still, he is a 5.44 ERA this year, 4.51 FIP, a 5.54 XFIP. He just happens to have given up a lower home run to fly ball rate. But given that the last three years, 
17.6, uh, 17.8, 17.4% home run to fly ball rate. This year, 6.5%. His swing strike rate is down this year. His walks are up. His strikeouts are also down. He's almost he's walking almost as many guys as he's striking out. I don't believe that all of a sudden he just isn't going to give up as many home runs. And if we assume that the home run to fly ball rate is going to go up, he's probably even worse this year than he was last year. So the Texas Rangers, guys like Joey Gallo, who could hit home runs. Uh, we have Shinsu Chu has hit well this year. Mazars hit the ball really well. They're also cheap. Like I just think this is by far the best stack. And I'm going to be 100% Rangers stacks. And then I'll mix around the starting pitchers. And then there'll be some secondary stacks that I mix in also. But for, for me, it's it's really strong. For me, I really like the Rangers offense just way more than any other team on the slate. Uh, so I definitely like the Rangers offense the most, probably just a little bit less than you. And there's one other offense that I guess I like a little bit more than you do. Um, so first of all, there's definitely sharp money that favors James Shields here. And I think it's just because the betting line was set too high for Texas. Um, but just looking at their prices, like all these guys are really cheap. Um, they're minus 130 favorites with an over-under of nine right now. So teams that usually are around that implied run total are just way more expensive than what Texas is. So even if the line moves a little more in the White Sox favor and a little more towards the under, which it looks like it is, maybe it ends up being minus 125 or so with like an eight and a half over under. That's not enough to say that Texas is not a good play anymore because the Sharps like the White Sox from a betting perspective. I think this is one of the sort of rare exceptions where the Sharp money just doesn't really match up with the DFS picks. Usually there's some relationship, but I, I don't really think there is any here. Um, Texas should still win the game, even if they're slightly less likely to than uh, sharp betters think. So, yeah, the prices are really low. Shields is definitely bad. He's especially bad against lefties, and the Rangers have a pretty left-hand heavy offense with Gallo, Chu, Mazzara, uh, Profar's a switch hitter, Rugnet Odor's back. It's a lot of lefties for Shields to have to face. Um, I still think Delano DeShields is a good play, and that's probably actually it for right-handed batters. Uh, I guess Robinson Chirinos if he starts. But yeah, the lefty power bats have definitely a lot of potential here. There's also wind blowing towards right field. It doesn't look like it's a helping wind overall, but just pushing fly balls toward the foul pole and right creates more of a chance of home runs too. Um, so yeah, Texas is a great situation. Uh, the... I guess the reason for me to be lighter on them is because I really like the A's offense against Aaron Sanchez, who has been just awful this year, and he wasn't particularly good last year. Um, but the thing we had said about Sanchez coming into this season is that he's really good at generating softer contact. Um, that just hasn't been the case for him this year. And the A's are also probably going to continue to be good against ground ball pitchers because they have all these hitters with uppercut swings, and Sanchez just throws sinkers down in the zone, so that just matches up perfectly uh, it's kind of why I think we've targeted the A's against Doug Fister for, well, Doug Fister's bad, but to some degree for this reason, because he's a sinker baller too. Um, but the other thing with the A's is they're just really priced down for some reason. Uh, I actually think they were more expensive against Chris Sale on Wednesday night than they are against Aaron Sanchez for Thursday. Is that, I know you had mentioned it for Chris Davis. Is that true for all their players? Uh, I think it is. Yeah, I, I don't really know what's going on there, but I mean, Jed Lowry is the only guy in the A's priced over 4000 in a fairly easy matchup. Uh, the Blue Jays' bullpen is worse now with Roberto Ozuna out. Everyone kind of has to move up a spot, and it just makes them a little bit worse overall. Uh, although, to mention uh, bullpens, definitely touch on the uh, White Sox bullpen because they're terrible too. 
Um, so really the only reason not to have a lot of Oakland exposure is because it's probably a better spot for Texas. Um, but I would say having a lot of combination stacks of like five and three one way or four and four of these two teams, um, that's the way to go here with different pitchers because these two offenses seem like so obviously the best values. Yeah, definitely. I think that I'm I'm certainly going to use Oakland players as plugs. Semyon's going to end up making sense. Lowry, Chris Davis, Matt Olson. There, there's a lot of guys to add into uh, the the Rangers stacks I'm going to make. Yeah, just so. one more thing on the combination of the two teams. Uh, Texas is very outfield heavy with the top of their order. Like Gallo is an outfielder, although you can play him at first. And then Chu, DeShields, and Mazzara are all in the outfield. So it's going to make it a little bit harder to use Chris Davis. And then also Matt Joyce, who's leading off and only costs 3000 um, so that's a little bit annoying from a lineup construction perspective. Uh, yeah, I mean, Semyon probably fits in better, and Lowry definitely fits in better because uh, Profar and Odor aren't as much of primary targets from Texas. But, I mean, just having different combinations of these two teams I think works. Uh, do you want to mention – well, I guess I'll mention him. Um, I don't know why Acuna is priced at 4200 compared to the rest of the Braves who are really expensive against John Lester. Do you have any idea why that's the case? Uh, I do not. All right. Well, I just I, that just really jumped out as a strange source of value where Acuna is just so much cheaper than he's been in the last week or so, and cheaper than the rest of his offense. Um, but again, he's an outfielder, so it's going to be a little tough to use him. Uh, but it's definitely stretching here a bit to mention a, another player on another team because I think uh, yeah, this is a very narrow focus for offense. Okay, so that is going to wrap up the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at GRMDFS. Matt's Twitter handle is at Preaching Sense, and we'll be back for tomorrow. So 